Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Skewed and Reviewed Skewcast. I'm Gareth, creator of Skewed and Reviewed, and you can catch us online at sknr.net as we cover all things movies, games, television, pop culture, travel, entertainment, and more. You can also catch us online at Pinal Central, P-I-N-A-L Central.com, keyword skewed. And this is the network of um, newspapers where you can catch our gaming reviews. Right now it's 12 papers in 21 markets. You can catch our quarterly magazine, BJ, uh, excuse me, our quarterly magazine, Student Reviewed the Magazine. We also appear on Sci-Fi Radio, various syndicated outlets, and of course, each week, BJ Shea's Geek Nation on KSWFM Radio. And uh, we've got a lot of stuff. I'm joined as always uh, with Michael and Justin. And we are going to hit the ground running with some of the big news of the week. So uh, essentially, the Orville wrapped up season three on uh, Hulu the other day. And this was their big triumphant return after the three-year hiatus caused by COVID and other delays. They moved from Fox straight over to Hulu. Uh, longer episodes, higher production budgets. A lot of people equated to them to essentially many movies each week. The series uh, finale hit. And now the big question, what happens next? There is no order in place for a fourth season. The cast has been released from their contracts uh, prior to the season, but they had said uh, all of them are interested in coming back. So a um, lot of questions, you know, they're coming to uh, Disney Plus in a week or two. And a lot of people say that is going to be key because Disney Plus has a significantly higher subscriber base than Hulu. And so the belief is this will give them their chance to be seen. Disney is doing their part. There was a very impressive um, listing of uh, character uh, posters that was released online earlier this week, uh, you know, hyping up the show. And so a lot of people are saying, essentially, if you want to see a fourth season, you need to watch the show on Disney Plus and tell your friends. In fact, you know, one of the things I'm planning on doing is once it gets to Disney Plus, I'm going to rewatch all three seasons on that platform. Uh, but the other day, creator Seth MacFarlane uh, had done a discussion with Screen Rant. And I'll uh, open this up for conversation in a minute, but let me just tell you, right now, Seth MacFarlane says the chances of being renewed are 50-50. He has nothing but praise for the support he's received at Hulu and for the recent uh, season release. He hopes that the Disney Plus release will allow the series one last push to a whole new audience uh, that is only partly aware of the season. He says, I've sensed a real groundswell of support from within the Hulu branch and the Disney branch. Of course, it's business, so the show has to be something that justifies its existence. And at the end of the day, that is going to be what determines a season four. So uh, he said, however, but the folks at Hulu and Disney have sure as hell given us the best possible chance that happening it's really up to the audience now um one of the comments has been uh that the show still hasn't hit their top 10 and it's very expensive but uh, you know the cast has commitments to other projects but farland has a lot of stuff going on with uh, peacock including his ted prequel that kept him there are people saying that even if a renewal order is handed out, there could be a, a long gap of a couple of years between seasons. So, Justin, start us off. What do you think? Are we seeing the last of the Orville, or is there more to come? I honestly, I think I'd put it a little, maybe a little higher than 50-50. Um, 
now that granted this is coming from somebody who you know i actually have not seen the show but um you know one thing that just my experience with just you know obviously following lots of tv shows over a long period of time um having a really strong fan base and a lot of buzz i think goes a really long way um you know and obviously there are cases where there are really really popular shows with really solid fan bases that didn't that never got it really a chance like firefly firefly is like kind of my go-to example you know a show that really had a ton of potential obviously only went one season and then got a movie um but that movie really was kind of the the case in point of like um fan desire um and uh and demand really like made that happen um there's many other examples of shows you know going uh, hopping to different studios or different channels um and having a life there so i think there is a good chance that this uh that this continues and you know it, it is just very impressive that a show uh, even got three seasons that being that expensive you know it's uh obviously not very easy or, or cheap or affordable to do a um a show like the orville that, that takes place on a spaceship just the, the nature of of what it is makes it um very expensive so it, it's made a long way so far and uh, you know i i think given the way that it's uh it's um you know from from what i heard it's not really like in a, in a place where it's completely concluded so i really think there is a good chance that we'll probably see at least one more season just one more probably and michael your take please yeah i think the orville unfortunately is one of those best kept secrets i mean the 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 quality and you could tell the amount of money they put into it, um, and, and I think it's it's just one of those those shows I think just that it's just really well done. It's it, it was kind of I think in the very beginning marketed as a lot of people thought it was be kind of like a spoof on Star Trek and something like that, and it's really not. I mean, it's really it I I, I you go as far as say that it it's a it has comedic elements, but I wouldn't put it as a comedy, and I think it, it I think it, it's one of the more I guess I don't want to say realistic, but it has a lot more real feel to how the characters act and portray themselves. And yeah, it's a bit over the top, and you can obviously see where some of the um, the inspiration it comes from Star Trek and other types of shows. But I, I think that it's it's really uh, it's really done well, and, and I think the storylines have been really interesting. I think you could definitely see the um, how it's improved over the years from a, a quality perspective visually um but i would say this this season in particular season three uh, really blew it out of the park from a visual perspective you can tell the amount of time and money and effort they went into making it look really really good um and i and i liked that how it was done on hulu and, and i do think that disney plus will definitely give it a the shot in the arm that it needs again i, I think it's it's one of those things that i don't know that it got as much advertising as it really deserved uh, particularly moving to Hulu, I think it was also because it had been kind of gone for so long and out of the conversation for so long because of COVID and everything else that a lot of people just kind of moved on and forgot about it. So I think with all the seasons coming to Disney Plus, people will get a chance to watch it from the beginning. They can binge watch it. I think it'll make a big. I think it'll actually make a pretty big splash. So I would I would agree with Justin. I think it's uh, fairly likely, um, given the amount of, of time and money that they put into it with Hulu. And the fact that they're going to be streaming it over to Disney Plus, I think it's, I think it's, there's a very good chance we'll see a season four. I'd be willing to say that we might go as many as five seasons. 
um, to kind of wrap things up. I wouldn't think it would go any more than that. But the fact that it was able to maintain three, given the cost of running a, a sci-fi epic these days, um, you can't get away with things um, with, with the quality that you're now comparing it to, to like um, Star Trek and Star Wars on streaming services, the expectation and the amount of quality you put into these things is different than it was even three years ago, uh, four years ago when the first you know season or first, second season were out on network television. The expectations for the visuals and just stories weren't as high as I think they are now, which I think adds you know a lot of pressure, but I think they really stepped it up for season three and really met the quality standards that the other Disney um, Plus seasons have. Um, with the Star Wars ones, and I think it's it's a it's a franchise they really can do a lot with. So I really hope we see it come back for at least a fourth or maybe a fifth season. I think uh, you have a very valid point, both of you. I think a Justin mentioned Firefly, and I think they, as well as other networks, are very leery now about pulling the plug on things. Now, unfortunately, Firefly. Uh, was given another chance in terms of a film, and it did not open very well. At a, you know, I remember hearing all the stuff about people driving 250 miles to go to the press screenings and all of this, and then it opens number three against weak competition with $11 million. And someone I spoke to at Universal who released the film said, well, you know, it's kind of like the Star Trek syndrome. The fans make a lot of noise but when it comes time to open their wallets and support the product they disappear and they but yet they expect us to keep shelling out and uh, promoting something that they're not willing to support this is a very different scenario because you know we have to look back at the crazy situation it took they announced it in 2019 it was moving to hulu and there was some division i mean penny jones and gerald herself had even alluded that that was a bad idea. She made a joke at Comic-Con uh, last month about how she was wrong about that. That was a fantastic move. But because of COVID, it took them three years. They get the thing out, but they didn't have all the conventions and all the lead-ins. And it was also, you remember, we got a trailer and then we were given a date and then it was pushed back a few uh, from that. So the show finally comes out and it exceeded expectations. Everyone's happy, but going in, we all heard the cast had been released from the contract. Seth MacFarlane has signed this other deal with the other, you know, company. This this could be it. This could be it. And we had producers. We've had people, you know, at Comic-Con all said, we want to do more. They even made a joke to Seth MacFarlane. When are we going back to work? And he's like, we are committed. He has said, yes, I've got a very busy schedule. I will find a way to make it happen. This show is a passion of mine. It's a priority. But, you know, I think they're, like you said, you can't blame Disney. They they pushed it on Hulu. They're putting it on their premier platform. They're putting a, a push behind it. So we'll see how that goes. The question is going to be, you know, do we get another season? But at the same time, you mentioned Star Wars. Let's not forget, we had a 17-year gap between the original films and the prequels. We had a long gap between the prequels and the sequels. I could see Disney, even if they don't do in a fourth, if they don't do a fourth season, saying there is a movie here, there is a spin-off series or something down the line. But because you know, you look at uh, here's a good example I like to throw out there: Babylon Five. That show, for those of you who don't remember, was literally a miracle that it made it to the finish line. It was in syndication. 
it didn't have a lot of hype. I mean, I, I follow this stuff, and the only way I learned about it was I was at a creation Star Trek convention, and they pushed it. And people who don't remember, uh, the thing was on different channels. It was at different times, different days of the week. They had a very weird thing where they would sit there and they would go through and they would do the season finale. The next season would start immediately the next week. And it, but then you would have like six or seven episodes and then long gaps in between. And I, I'm trying to remember, I want to say, I think three or four different channels, because it was first run syndication that it uh, jumped on before TBS got it in the final um, thing. But I mean, it, it, final season w was set, but they were always going into it. I mean, the creator even said they went into season four, filmed the finale just because, and then all of a sudden here they go. And they've had nothing but problems from sense with trying to, you know, a screenplay for a new movie that was essentially shot down because the producers wanted to recast all the roles with bigger names. Um, a straight to DVD title that sold significantly higher than expected, but then they wanted to do the follow up on a reduced budget. Um, a, uh, a very good spinoff series that never got a chance because it was canceled before it even aired. And then they aired the episodes out of date and at a later date after it was too late for sci-fi who wanted it to pick it up. Um, all because they decided, you know what, it no longer fits in with a lead-in for our wrestling shows. And then the infamous Legend of the Rangers, which um, went up against a, I think it was the Patriots and Raiders. It was that game that went into overtime in the snow. And um, the second half, their ratings were beyond measure once the game ended. But the network said, eh, we don't care. We're only looking at the first and they sat there in limbo. And then what happens? It ends up on HBO Max, finds a new audience, starts to, to move. And then what does Warner Brothers say? Hey, you know what? We want to reboot it on the CW network. And then, oh, CW's being sold. Let's hold on to this thing. And there it is. So apparently they've got the pilot script. They're going to film the pilot. And then it's going to be decided whether or not it gets a series order. But that's an example of not taking advantage of something that you have and then coming around many 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 years later and realizing wow we actually have something of value here disney does not seem to be making that mistake and they seem to be in every single chance to expose it so we will see what the future holds but do if you have not seen it yet do watch it the first couple of episodes kind of finds its footing in its tone but it becomes very very solid so speaking of tone uh, gentlemen, we talked a lot about this 45-day window for the theaters, and for those of you who do not remember, uh, there was a lot of back and forth during COVID about theaters um, getting upset that the studios were releasing big-name movies uh, directly to streaming services, bypassing the theaters, or releasing them to streaming services the same date and time as the theaters. So you had a lot of people... Uh, threatening not to carry various films from various studios. So an agreement was worked out with uh, many studios and many change that essentially had a 45-day window. So that means that most major films had to do 45 days or seven weeks uh, before they could be released to a streaming service. Well, uh, that seems to have worked. Uh, 
Warner Brothers, for example, followed that for the Batman, Fantastic Beasts, Secret of Dumbledore. But now that is all changing. So uh, word has it is that their um, research, and they've looked at Paramount and Disney who have similar arrangements with simultaneous streaming video on demand and paid video on demand vows. However, uh, those studios have been a little more flexible in the date. Universal is all in on paid video on demand. They release their movies to this platform at a 17 to 31 day mark. Now here's where it gets really interesting. Warner Brothers Discovery, remember Discovery's in there, they're chopping away a lot of things they don't think are fitting their brand or not profitable. They were set to release Elvis on August 9th. However, they've decided it's going to stay only on the paid video or demand platform at the 45-day mark. Apparently, what we're hearing is that their research is saying that paid video and demand and theatrical does not impact theatrical release as negatively and also provides an immediate financial return to the studio plus the studio retains 80% of the revenue. Now, the flip side is uh, that means that they would be pushing back uh, movies to the more traditional 90-day mark uh, before they go on a service like HBO Max or so on and so forth. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this works. I know uh, Peacock has done a couple. I know just this weekend we had the... Um, movie about the uh, cave rescue that made its simultaneous debut on um, Amazon on Prime Video. But again, these are not considered to be major box office things. You know, you're looking at films that came out this week, like Bullet Train, and, uh, you know, that's going to be a good 45 days under the current model, but it could be 90 days. So, Michael, what do you think? Are they going back to normal, or is this just a one-studio adjustment? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a one studio, or it might be a couple of studio adjustments. I do agree that there's probably less of an impact for a paid release on streaming versus a free release to streaming. I think if you're going to pay $20 or whatever the going rate is for pay-per-view these days for a, a movie versus you know going to the theater and seeing it, I think if, if unless it's uh, it's I think there's a lot more people who are willing to kind of sit at home and watch something on HBO Max for free when it's released versus paying, uh, uh, you know, whatever the amount of money is to watch it on, you know, TV versus, you know, paying, maybe paying a little bit more, but getting the theater experience out of, out of it as a whole. I mean, I'm all for um, keeping the theater experience and, and giving the theaters an opportunity to grow and expand and, and utilize that time um, for releases in theaters first before going to streaming. I've always been a, a proponent of, I think the best experience for at least blockbuster movies or, or upcoming movies is always to go to the theater and experience them firsthand. Um, I understand that there's an expense to that, uh, and a lot of people may or may not want to do that, but I still say that's that gives the movie the best opportunity to get the buzz for the theater owners to really recoup their their you know their money for that kind of thing, and really just kind of gives the movie an opportunity to kind of get some footing. I mean. Uh, look at we look at like Top Gun Maverick for example. Um, if that had been released same day as streaming, would it have brought in as much money to theater? I don't know. But obviously that movie was one that was definitely uh, one that was meant to be experienced in the theater. We got to see that you know for the right kind of movie, crowds will show up. So I I think that you know I, I'm okay if they if they the 
45 day versus 90 day kind of thing. I'm okay with that release date taking longer to, to places like HBO Max, Disney Plus, whatever, um, to give movie, movies and, and theaters an op, you know an opportunity to really showcase their product in the best possible way. Um, but but again, I, I don't see that being a trend. I think that that kind of uh, ship has sailed a bit, and I think it would be hard pressed for some companies, you know, Disney maybe and some other ones, to want to hold their movies in theaters longer because they have a uh, a uh, streaming platform that people are paying a lot for that they want to get those movies out to quickly to keep them paying for that platform. Um, so again, some some platforms may not be as as may not rely on that as much. Um, and, and again, I, I but I don't see this being a, a trend where all the uh, the theater all the production companies are going to go this way. But again, I'm I'm all for giving you know theaters an opportunity to grow and shine. Uh, and to kind of get that experience firsthand. And Justin, your take, please. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I think Michael's nailed it pretty much. I, you know, I, 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 one thing I wanted to make note of is uh, I find it kind of dubious that they've, you know, made a determination that uh, um, that releasing on streaming has no impact or very little impact on the uh, the the amount of box office performance there is you know because it it makes sense to me that there there will always be some people that when given the the choice between the two um some there will be people that will choose to go see the movie um you know on streaming instead now that's not to say that it's a one-to-one relationship uh there a lot of the people that would choose to see it on streaming instead of going to the theater. Those type of people, if not, if they didn't have the choice to see it in streaming, they would maybe just not, they would maybe just wait until it shows up on streaming. Um, but instead of like going to the theater, uh, but that being said, you know, I, I do think the studios have to be pretty careful because, um, theaters have shown that they, they can be very financially uh, beneficial to the studio um and you know they might get to the point where there's not as many theaters around anymore because uh if they play you know it's like basically playing with fire um if enough of these enough of movies uh you know siphon away money from the the box office environment then uh there is going to be less uh, theaters around and um there, some movies will struggle to to make as much money on streaming. I'm I'm pretty confident at that. You know, a lot of movies lately have been very successful in the in the box office, and uh, Top Gun being being one of them. Um, so I, I do think they have to be pretty careful with this. And uh, you know, I completely agree though that that 45 day, 90 day kind of um, uh, layout is is fair. Seems pretty reasonable to me. Um, you know, it does give the theaters a head start, you know, and that's probably the window where, you know, that 90 day window is probably where you're going to get the vast majority of the people who are going to see a movie in theater, um, that they're going to see it in that 90 day window, even, even 45 days, probably. Yeah. And I think the key to remember here is it's all about expectations and it's all about impact because Bullet Train came out and did about 30 million in the U.S. and people were saying, well, it could have been a lot better, you know, with the star power that was attached to it. Should have been better, did okay overseas. But, you know, you saw a lot of 
I guess, down at the box office. And, you know, part of that is kids are going back to school. Uh, some schools have already started. I know a lot of California and stuff start next week. But then you look at it, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not going to include Clerks 3 in the mix because um, more of a select audience and it's going to have more of, I think, a limited release. But outside of Beast, um, you know, I'm not really seeing anything until Lyle Lyle Crocodile in October, and that's for the kids. Um, Halloween ends. I mean, obviously that looks good, but, you know, Michael, I think we can agree we weren't expecting them to do same-day release on Peacock like they did for the last one, and if they do that this time out, um, there you go. And so once again, you're sitting there going, well, you know, there's uh, Black Adam in October. That's great. Uh, but then you're also hearing rumblings like uh, Warner Brothers is going to move Shazam Fury of the Gods back. Would Black Adam possibly be um, pushed back? And then, of course, you know, you go all the way to November for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Disney's got their animated film Strange Worlds on the 23rd. But, you know, like I said, looking at the calendar, you're not seeing much until December 16th, Avatar Way of the Water. I mean, not saying there aren't films. Obviously, there are. There will probably be things that we don't really get a lot of hype about that come in under the radar. But then you also have to look at it. One of the reasons Shazam might be moved would be clearly that they don't want to go up against Avatar. Puss in Boots, the same thing. But as you get into 2023, you've got uh, Megan, which is a horror film. You've got Craven the Hunter. You know, are they going to hold to January or are they going to push back? Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, February. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons, which was pushed heavily at Comic-Con in March. Creed 3 in March. The Haunted Mansion film, which just added Jamie Lee Curtis and Jared Leto uh, in March. You know, Aquaman, March. John Wick, 4, March. So I'm expecting all of these to possibly move. You know, Scream 6, March. So, you know, we can see what's going to happen. Salem's Lot, Guardians of the Galaxy. There's a lot of stuff next year. And... A, I think we're going to see some movement, and B, the question is going to come down like it always comes down to uh, money, you know, return on investment. And if it's doing well in the theaters, great. And if it's not, I could see them saying, okay, you know, certain films are not going to be things that are going to light up the box office. They're not going to be things that people are flocking to streaming video on demand. And those will be the ones that go to um, streaming services after 45 days and other things although I, I have to admit guys elvis is not the kind of film i thought they would pull that on you know it it was well received but it's not you know i i, I know it's a different studio i could see this kind of thing happening with say jurassic world dominion where they say you know what um we're not gonna go and put it on peacock right now if you want to watch it watch it on video on demand buy the DVD, and then we'll talk about Peacock in a couple, in a few more months, that sort of thing. But who knows? Changing place, changing world. Uh, next up, just had a, a little bit of news before we get into uh, end discussion. Rumors are continuing to fly about Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool. We know that Disney has plans for a third Deadpool film, and we've heard rumors that Ryan Reynolds has started to get into shape for the uh, upcoming 
uh, role, whenever that will be. We've heard rumors that he may pop up in one of the TV series uh, that are coming to Disney Plus. We've heard rumors that um, you know there'll be an announcement at the D23 Expo, possibly even including a uh, appearance from him. So who knows? Lots of crazy stuff going on, and it certainly make things interesting. Uh, we got news today from Activision that Call of Duty is announcing a franchise showcase on September 15th. Uh, they did this at the conclusion of the Call of Duty Championship League. It's apparently going to talk about, uh, obviously, the next game, Modern Warfare 2, the upcoming uh, Call of Duty Warzone uh, expansion, uh, the mobile version of it, as well as a full uh, reveal for uh, Modern Warfare 2 multiplayer. Now, some of the other things that we've been told is that there will be an exclusive early access on September 16th for PS4 and PS5 people who pre-order it to play in the beta. And then on September 18th, the, um, the open beta for everybody. And then, of course, uh, Xbox and PC users pre-orders on the 22nd and uh, open beta for everyone on the 24th till the 26th. So I'll be looking forward to giving that a shot and uh, playing through that one. Gentlemen, the final thing we have for today is Back for Blood has revealed that there is another expansion coming. And Justin, you'll kick us off with this one because I think this one is exactly what you've been waiting for. Uh, we've had the Tunnels of Terror DLC, which added essentially little underground layers to the existing campaigns that players can choose to go into and do some fighting underground. But this time out, we are getting a brand new expansion called Children's of the Worm. And this one is going to be um, a brand new story campaign that will put players into an epic showdown with a fierce new enemy threat. To help combat this unknown adversary, we will introduce Prophet Dan, a gun-toting, self-proclaimed preacher of the end of times, who will join the growing list of playable cleaners in their effort to save humanity. You will also see eight exclusive character skins, 12 exclusive weapon skins, along with new weapons, accessories, and cards. What do you think? Yeah, no, that's good. Uh, I think it's, you know, uh, I didn't honestly get a ton of time with uh, with Back for Blood. I, I think um, you know that just a lot of other games kind of uh, took my attention away. But um, you know, it's definitely needed some more content, and uh, it's definitely good that it's coming. Yep. And Michael, your take, please. Yeah, and I haven't played it, the original Back for Blood at all. So um, just because, as Justin pointed out, there's just too many things to keep up with. <laughs> with the releases there's been quite a few really good releases over the past six months or so uh, but yeah obviously you know they're, they're continuing to drive content into that game um which is always a positive thing and obviously the more um maps they release the more care playable characters all that stuff just kind of breathes life into it and keeps it going um so obviously is you know I, th I think it's a it's a positive thing obviously what I think is really funny, and uh, you know, we were talking about all these release date changes. Uh, Aliens Fireteam Elite is also dropping the Pathogen DLC, which has been another big request. Both of these games, the fan base have said, you know, the skins and the um, weapons are nice and all that, but we need a new campaign. We don't need, um, you know, 
we've had all these updates, but it's time for a new playable campaign. And I find it interesting that both of them are set to drop that on the same day because one of the arguments has been, I haven't had as much of problem with uh, Back for Blood, but I know with Fireteam Elite, when I've run in to play certain modes, uh, you don't always find people. And that has been uh, kind of a pain having to run around with the bots. So I'm hoping when the new campaign drops, people will come back in because it will certainly be um, great to see what happens with that. Well, folks, that is going to do it for us this week. We covered a lot of ground and uh, look for us next week as we will update you on more happenings for the week. Until then, take care and be safe.